0: is power
1: Like we're just gonna hit it like right where street level. Our culture stinks at being faithful. It's just not something we value. Why? Because we value individualism more than we value anything else. So, in our day and age, we will do something as long as, at that moment, it suits the things that we want. And guess what? That is not faithfulness, my friends. That is selfishness.
0: Children often provide an unfiltered look at human nature. Take, for instance, chores. When it's time to get their jobs done, kids often drag their feet until there's something in it for them. Adults are no different, though. Pastor Daniel shares today that regardless of age, people are selfish, but God isn't like us. You'll discover that God is faithful to keep his promises, and not only does he do what he says he will, but he goes above and beyond what is expected. Now here's Pastor Daniel in the book of 1 Chronicles chapter 16 as he begins his message. Our God. Jesus
1: now, I don't know about you, but I find life so infinitely fascinating because there's people in it. And the beauty of being fascinated by people is the fact that even if you know somebody, you really don't know them all the way. Like, I remember when I was in college, I studied psychology in college. Don't hold that against me. I was just trying to figure myself out in those days, you know? Uh, But I, I remember hearing about what they called the iceberg principle of personality. The idea is if you ever see, if you ever go on like a cruise to Alaska or if you see pictures of a of a great iceberg, you see this huge thing coming out of the water, but really what you don't realize is that underneath the surface there's way more of that iceberg underneath the surface that you don't see And what you do see is amazing, but there's so much more of it underneath. Now, Sigmund Freud, or if you remember Bill and Ted's The Fruit Dude, um, you know, he he made the point that really you have your conscious uh, reality And that's the that's the above water part of the iceberg. And then, of course, there's the unconscious reality, which is below the surface. Now, whether or not you understand uh, humanity the way the fruit dude did, that's a different discussion. But what's interesting is you realize that when you first meet somebody, you know some stuff about them. And as you grow in your friendship with them, then you know more about them. But there are those people who you've known for so long and so intimately that you really know a lot about them. It's like, I think when uh, Lynn and I got married many, you know, many, many years ago, I mean, she was still five when we got married. Not really, you know, she's still a young lady, but, but, you know, the way we knew each other then now after 15 years of marriage is totally different. Because you go through all sorts of things together. And as a parent, of course, I love seeing this uh, with our kids. Because our kids, as they're growing, we're getting to know more and more of who they are. And so, you know, I always love to joke that, you know, my parents used to um, give me a hard time when I was younger. And they would say, I hope when you grow up you have a kid just like you. And sure enough, I didn't realize my parents were prophets, but they are, (laughs) because we have our youngest, Annabelle, who's now five. Annabelle is uh, a female version of me, which is horrifying. (laughs) And and so what's so funny about my little Annabelle is, when when she was little, I used to call her Little Face. That was her nickname, Um, because she had a little face. You know, she's a little cute little girl. She has a little face. Now, you're not allowed to call Annabelle this, but I'm just telling you this. And so, But now, Annabelle's nickname is Buster Face. Now, the reason we call her Buster Face is because she's such a buster, you know? She's always, like, starting something. So I started calling her Buster Douglas. Those of you from the 90s, you can remember. Remember Buster Douglas? If you don't, just look it up. It's a great YouTube clip, him knocking out Mike Tyson. It's a great, great moment, actually. But but she didn't know who Buster Douglas was, so I just merged Little Face and Buster Douglas, and now she's Buster Face. Now, again, you're not allowed to call Annabelle that, but sure enough, Little Annabelle, she's so funny, because the other day... I come on down and it's, you know, she's sitting on the couch and she's like, dad, come here. Let's snuggle. You know? So I'm like, oh, so sweet. You know? So we sit down, we snuggle together and she's like, dad, I love you so much. I'm like, I love you so much too, Annabelle. You know? So we're just talking and, and, and it's like, she's so sweet and cuddly and, and little. And then she's like, dad, can we have ice cream? Now, I've always taught you, got to be of the butter up. But when you're your kid, you're like, man, you got to be careful there. And I'm like, oh, Annabelle, we can't have uh, ice cream before breakfast. You know, I'm leaving the option open for after breakfast. You know, like a little snack of ice cream. But then all of a sudden, because she's like me, she goes from being super sweet to being super mouthy. She goes like this, she goes, Dad, you're so weird. And I'm like, It's so weird. I'm not weird, you're weird. She's like, Dad, you're, you're just weird. I'm like, why am I weird? She's like, you got these dreadlocks. <laughs> and then she goes, I kid you not, she goes, kissing you is like kissing a gorilla. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then, to make matters worse, she gets, she cracks herself up and she goes, boom, you got burned by your daughter. Now, when she was just this little baby, I didn't know that there was all this iceberg under the water, you know what I mean? I mean, it's like so cute, cuddly, mouthy, kind of bossy, you know? And every single day, I'm like, that's totally me. I can be so cute and cuddly and nice, and I can be so mouthy and bossy. And then I just think to myself, I gotta pray for my wife, this poor girl, you know? She's got two of us in the family, and well, listen, Whatever. don't call Annabelle Busterface because then she'll get mouthy in your direction. It won't be good for you either. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, but what's funny is is just the way, like as she's getting older and she's only five, so I mean, God help us when she's 15, you know? And then at some point of your husband's problem when she's 25, you know, like we'll take, you know, just pass her off. But, but the idea... <laughs> But the idea is, is that like, that's true in every relationship. But oftentimes we forget that that's also true in our understanding of who God is. Before you know Jesus, and I know there's some of you here, but whether you're in our campus in Vancouver, you're joining us on our internet campus, you, you, you've never put your faith in trust in you. So you have these preconceived ideas about who the Lord is, right? You have these ideas about like, this is how God is. And most of those ideas are, are not... Uh, they're, they're shaped by our culture, maybe by experiences that you've had, but they're not shaped by an actual relationship with God, right? Then when you put your faith and trust in Jesus, now all of a sudden it's like you have a new relationship and you know that He's God, but like how often when someone is brand new in their faith, they have these ideas about God, what well, they say it out loud, someone's like, Where'd you get that from? Right? Like I remember when I first got saved, I thought to myself, You know what, God. You know, like, I really don't like bugs, so God's gonna send me to, like, the jungle of Africa. Cause I just thought that, like, it was like God's plan was to make my life miserable for fun. Now, I don't know where I got that from. It's not in the Bible, but I had this idea. I remember someone saying to me, like, do you think that's what God wants to do? God just wants to, like, mess with you. He like, he's like, that sounds like a friend from New Jersey. I'm like, oh, that's right. That's what your friends from New Jersey would do. They find out you don't like bugs, they put a million bugs everywhere. There'd be bugs everywhere. But then as you grow in your relationship and you read the scriptures and you have a relationship with God and all of a sudden you start to be like, oh wait, that's not who God is. And the beauty is, is just like that iceberg principle, you've been walking with the Lord for 50, 60 years and you still, there's all sorts of parts of the character of God that you don't quite understand. And so today what I want to do is I want to share with you as part of this present series a little bit about the character of God. Who is this God who invites us into his presence. And when we're in his presence, as I like to say, we worship. Our worship is our human response to the presence of God. So in order to get at this, we're going to continue our study. Open your Bibles to 1 Chronicles chapter 16. 1 Chronicles 16. We're going to be taking verses 14 to 22. 1 Chronicles 16, verses 14 to 22. As we continue this present series here in 1 Chronicles 16. Now, it is important to note, and I've been telling you this, that these exact words that you're going to be reading here today from 1 Chronicles 16, 14 to 22, you can also find in Psalm 105 verses 7 to 15 Psalm 105 verses 7 to 15 so the exact same words are shared in two places and as I keep telling you I'll tell it to you the whole series because all of these are duplicate verses is that when the Holy Spirit repeats himself verbatim in scripture it's because God doesn't want you to miss it he realizes sometimes we're thick headed we might not have got it the first time so you need a little reminder about it so he puts it in different places here now in verse 14, it says this of First Chronicles 16, it says, "He is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all the earth. Remember His covenant forever, the word which He commanded for a thousand generations, the covenant which he made with Abraham, and his oath to Isaac verse 17. And confirmed it to Jacob for a statute to Israel for an everlasting covenant. Now, the first thing we learn here about who our God is, it's simply this, is that our God is a covenant maker. Our God is a covenant maker. Now, that word covenant is not a word that we use all that much. The word covenant is literally a formal agreement between two parties that have certain stipulations to it. See, we live in a day and age where most of the things that we do are legal, right? Like you make a legal contract, which is, you know, it's a formal document that says these are our responsibilities and rights in this. But what's amazing is, and maybe the the most common covenant that we can speak about is the covenant of marriage, But even in our culture, our culture thinks about the contract of marriage in a legal sense more than it ever thinks about the covenant of marriage in a relational sense. I would say it to you this way, that at the day when a man and a woman stand before God and their loved ones and they commit their lives to one another, you've actually made a covenant first that becomes a legal contract in the eyes of the government. But really the problem is, is if all it is is a legal contract, then you just dissolve it when you're bored. But when you make a covenant, that's a whole other story. See, I want to encourage you to live your life in a covenantal way as opposed to just a merely legally contractual way. Because in a legal contractual relationship, you are responsible to do the least in order to fulfill that contract. But when a relationship is based on covenant... It's not just about, what's the least that I can do to get this done? And I think for many of us, the big struggle that we have in life is that we want to always do the least amount to get something done. Like, I just want to do just enough not to go to hell, right? Like, what's my job description? I want to do just enough to be worthy of my paycheck, right? But the thing is, is Jesus doesn't say, I want you to live a life of just enough. He says, I want you to live the abundant life. If someone impresses you to go one mile, I want you to go with them two, I want you just not to love your loved ones or your friends. I want you to actually love your enemies. See, Jesus is inviting us to live differently. Now, for us, the way that we live differently is we end up becoming aware of the fact that the God who we worship is a God who has made and makes covenants. Listen to what it says. Now, you got to realize, in the moment that King David has written this psalm, it's the time when the tabernacle... And the Ark of the Covenant is now coming to Jerusalem. And David sees this as a fulfillment of a covenant that God had made long ago. Listen to what he says, verse 14. He is the Lord our God, and his judgments are in all the earth. Remember his covenant forever. The words which he commanded to for a thousand generations, a covenant which he made with Abraham and his oath to Isaac, and he confirmed it to Jacob for a statute for Israel forever. See, he's saying, long ago, back in the book of Genesis, for, for David, it was a thousand years earlier, God called this man named Abraham, and he made a covenant with him, what we commonly call the Abrahamic covenant, that God would bless those who blessed Abraham, and God would curse those who cursed Abraham and his descendants, and that God was going to give them a place to call their own. And David is seeing now they're moving to Jerusalem... With the Ark of the Covenant and the Tabernacle, there all these things have gone on over their history, but now they're seeing the fulfillment of the covenant that God had made. Now, this teaches us something important because God is not only a covenant maker, but God is also faithful to the covenants that he makes. Listen to what it says in Deuteronomy chapter seven, verse nine. It says, therefore know that the Lord your God, he is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and mercy for a thousand generations with those who love him and keep his commandments. You hear that? He's a faithful God, and he keeps his covenants. See, it's one thing to make a covenant. It's another thing to keep a covenant. No, look, we just get like real right now. Just like, we're just going to hit it like right where street level. Our culture stinks at being faithful, it's just not something we value. Why? Because we value individualism more than we value anything else. So for, in our day and age, we will do something as long as at that moment it suits the things that we want. And guess what? That is not faithfulness, my friends. That is selfishness. Now, listen, I might be standing up here, but I'm not preaching down on anybody. Let's just be honest. Let's get, let's get on the level here. We're all in this together. Our culture values selfishness above all. But our God is a faithful covenant maker and keeper. Here's my question. What and where do you need to re up on being faithful? I believe it's a collision course. Because, listen, I live in this world too. I'm selfish just like the next person. But my selfishness will destroy everything. Just as yours will relationships, the work of God's kingdom. God wants us to be faithful people because God is a faithful God. See, and as we choose not selfishness, but faithfulness, then God meets us on those steps of faith where we're being faithful as he's faithful. And then he enlivens and invigorates our lives with the things of his kingdom. But I realize that right now, in your life, in my life, at street level where we're all living, there are so many pressures away from being faithful. There are so many temptations away from being faithful because the pull of selfishness is so strong. I mean, you think about what our God who is a covenant maker and a faithful covenant keeper. Think about all he's had to go through to get the children of Israel to the point that they are where they are walking in Jerusalem with the Ark of the Covenant. I mean, did Abraham get everything right? No. You guys read your Bible, right? Do you remember when God told him he was going to have a a son of promise and it took too long and so Abraham and Sarah made up a plan For Abraham to marry Hagar and Ishmael is born. And then, of course, you get to Isaac. Was Isaac perfect? No. And then, of course, you get to Jacob. Good old Jacob. I mean, they even named Jacob the heel catcher, the swindler. Jacob was a train wreck. But God was faithful. You look at all that God did in the history of the children of Israel. Ups and downs. Good times and bad times. If God was not faithful we'd never be where they are today. See, all through the scriptures, what you find is that God laments the faithlessness of the people, but God remains faithful. And don't miss the fact, and you all know this, talk about God being a faithful covenant maker and keeper. Listen to Hebrews chapter nine, verse 15. And for this reason, he, Jesus, Jesus, is the mediator of the new covenant by means of death for the redemption of the transgressions under the first covenant that those who are called may receive the promise of the eternal inheritance. See, you want to know how faithful a covenant maker and keeper God is? God sent Jesus to die in our place. He is the mediator of the new covenant. Why? Because according to all the covenants God had made with the children of Israel, every single one of us, including all the patriarchs and all the people in the line of the children of Israel, everybody deserved death. Why? Because we all violated that covenant. We all, in that moment to be faithful in our history, we've chosen not to be faithful. Not that you're never faithful, but nobody except for God himself is always faithful. Right? All of us can look back on a time when we chose ourselves over God's best and someone else's blessing. Right? We've all done that. And that's why the Bible says we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. It's not saying that we're the worst possible versions of ourselves. It's just that we've never always been the best possible version of ourselves. And because of that, under God's covenant, we're deserving of death. But God sent Jesus as a mediator of the new covenant to come and die in our place, in your place. No matter how atrocious your life has been or how seemingly respectable it's been. And the good news of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ is the fact that Jesus is God's way of being faithful to his own covenant. Jesus is God's way of saying, even though you have been unfaithful, my faithfulness is greater than your lack of faith. My fidelity is greater than your inability to be faithful. And that's why the Bible says, oh, that anyone who wants, let him come and drink deep of the wells of salvation. For many of us, we've made that decision. We saw our own lives through the mirror of the perfections of God. And we say to ourselves, oh, I am totally messed up. Right? You're like, who can help me? And then you realize that Jesus came in ever-present help in time of need. And if you're here today and you've drank deep of the wells of salvation, God has been faithful and he will always be faithful. And the cross shows us that Jesus is the mediator of the the new covenant. He gives eternal and eternal inheritance to anybody who believes. And our job is to simply respond to that by saying, Lord, will you make me more like you? Lord, as you're faithful, make me faithful. Lord, make me a faithful Wife, a faithful husband. Lord, let me be faithful in my singleness. Lord, let me be a faithful employer and employee. Let me be faithful at school and be a faithful friend. Let me be just as you have forgiven me. Let me give forgiveness. Lord, just as you have sent Jesus to, to live and to die, to serve me and humanity. Lord, let me respond to that by being faithful to serve other people as well. But if you're here today and you've never before put your faith and trust in Jesus, listen. Even though you have not said yes to Jesus, God sent Jesus to die for you. That's what he did. Because God made a covenant with humanity through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And that covenant finds its resting place in the person and through the work of Jesus. Listen, you can try and do everything to please God But really the only way to please God is to trust in his son. Because Jesus is the only human who's ever been truly well-pleasing to the father. And when a person puts their faith and trust in Jesus, when God sees you in Christ, he actually sees Christ in you and he's well-pleased. When God sees me, he sees Christ in me and he's well-pleased at Jesus in me. And that is what God wants for you. He wants to be well-pleased in you. But the only way is for you to put your faith and trust in Him. Put your faith and trust in Jesus. And as you do that, the faithfulness of God and the faithfulness of Jesus begins to transform our character from within. What starts to go on the iceberg under the surface of your life begins to change because Christ is in you and the Spirit is in you, and the things that God desires become the things that you desire.
0: Jesus is real. God wants you to know Him, and not just on a surface level, but really know who He is. Today, Pastor Daniel helped you to get a glimpse into the heart and mind of God. You learn that God makes covenants and is faithful to keep them. And as his followers, he wants you to be faithful too. Pastor Daniel reminded you that because you're inherently selfish, you can't do this on your own. When you put your trust in Jesus, God in his faithfulness will transform you from the inside out.
1: If you've enjoyed Pastor Daniel's teaching today on Jesus is Real Radio, we'd like to invite you to join us at Crossroads Community Church for our Sunday services at 8 a.m., 10 a.m., or 12 p.m. If you can't come in person, you can still be part of our vital congregation by tuning in to our live stream. Find out more at CrossroadsChurch.net. That's CrossroadsChurch.net. Hi, friends. Pastor Daniel here. I'd love for you to be part of the Crossroads Community Church family, but I understand some of our listeners can't make it to the actual church building. If that's you, come join us online. We live stream our Sunday morning services at crossroadschurch.net.
0: So grab a cup of coffee and join us wherever you are for our time of worship and teaching. Make sure to tune in again as Pastor Daniel will share more aspects of God's character. You'll see that not only is God faithful to keep his promises, but he gives extravagant gifts everything you have is a gift from the Lord. Pastor Daniel will urge you to use those gifts and abilities to lovingly serve the people in your life. there's more to come from Pastor Daniel's series called Presence, please glance at the clock right now and make plans to join us again for another edition of Jesus is Real Radio.